Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, hour two, the four Eastern hour of Coast to Coast on Thursdays is always dedicated to the mad scientist himself. Warren Sharp joins us from the Beltway. Styling as usual from sharpfootballanalysis.com at sharpfootballonx. Always good to see you, Warren. Well, it's wild card week, but before we get into all of the games and you breaking it all down for us and telling us uh, what's going to happen and how to bet and props and everything else, et cetera. I'd like to get your opinion. We've heard from everyone else on this show for an hour about Bill Belichick, uh, about Pete Carroll, about Vrabel. Uh, let's start with Belichick and your thoughts on uh, after 24 years and nine Super Bowls and six rings, him uh, leaving the Patriots and I do not believe he'll ever find greener pastures. It'll never be the same as Boston for him, any way you slice it. And do you believe that it's uh, Jared Mayo or Vrabel that's going to get that job? Uh, everyone says it's Jared Mayo's the front runner, but uh, we don't really believe that because of their affinity for Vrabel. Well, when we're talking about Belichick, obviously one of the best to ever do it. The issue becomes, you know, his legacy certainly is is – almost bulletproof with what he was able to do, the wins that he was able to generate up in New England. Naturally, though, he did a lot of that with Tom Brady. And when Tom Brady left, the wheels kind of fell off the wagon. This team obviously spiraled out of control, which is why they're moving on from Bill Belichick. The other issue to me is Bill Belichick was there in the glory years with a guy named Ernie Adams. And Ernie Adams was kind of like the puppet master behind the scenes, moving a lot of things, making a lot of things happen, whether it was from a personal perspective or it was from a game theory, strategic perspective on how to attack opposing defenses. Now, not that Bill Belichick wasn't a genius when it came to that in his heyday, in his glory days, um, but we definitely saw this team fall off a lot when Ernie Adams left as well from a strategic perspective. And so then the question becomes, okay, how much was Tom Brady adding to this mix that, you know, Bill Belichick would not have had if it wasn't for Tom Brady? How much was Ernie Adams adding to this mix that Belichick wouldn't have had if it wasn't for Ernie Adams? Um, and then you look at just the simple fact, Scott, that, when you had Tom Brady there and the team was winning these championships and establishing themselves as a dynasty, how many players took less to come to New England to play with these guys that gave Belichick inherently a little bit more of an unfair, I don't want to say unfair, but an advantage over other teams because nobody else really was taking a lot less to go play for the Tennessee Titans or the Houston Texans or the, you know, uh, Dallas Cowboys even like teams, even big name teams, they weren't willing to take less to go there, but they were to play alongside Tom Brady and play for championships up in new England. So that gave them an edge. So between like Brady being there and what he gave to the team between Ernie Adams behind the scenes. And then obviously between getting extra pieces because of Tom Brady, like this team was stacked. This team was loaded in a variety of seasons, uh, but I'll always believe that Bill Belichick was one of the best ever. Um, and the only sad part about it to me is when you look at this tree, the Belichick tree, 
who really is great off of that Belichick tree? Who really has done anything off of that tree? And when you look at other trees around the league with some of these coaches that have been places for two decades or 15 years and established themselves and then they, they their uh, assistants go elsewhere and then flourish as well, it's like, okay, that guy was a damn good coach, got his guys ready, was doing things the right way. It was because of him. People were following in his footsteps. Everybody who's left New England and tried to replicate anything like Bill Belichick and this team was doing there has not had success and for those reasons it's like okay well maybe this just was just a weird uh oddity where belichick was better than most guys but maybe he wasn't the best and and, and a large part was because tom brady was there and ernie adams was there and these guys couldn't take what they learned from belichick and flourish elsewhere we welcome our radio affiliate Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Byline and their radio affiliates out of San Francisco. Deepak holding it down for us. We're talking to Warren Sharp on a Thursday C2C. Uh, I, when I heard you talk about coaching trees, I thought of Bill Walsh, right? Like every one of those guys ended up successful. And you're right. Uh, the Belichick tree guys uh, didn't have that kind of success uh, to a man. Uh, it's crazy. What do you think is going to happen up there? Is it Mayo? Is it Vrabel? Well, in my opinion, Mayo has the upper hand because he's been in the building. Unless he has turned people the wrong way at a certain point in time. And then, of course, obviously Mike Vrabel would have the upper hand. I thought that Mike Vrabel was a great coach from the perspective of this. He got players and teams with lesser talent that were supposed right. to lose games against opponents to play better and exceed expectations. And that's what you're looking for out of a coach. Now, Vrabel wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. His defenses weren't elite, and he's a defensive-minded coach. His defenses were never that great. His offenses ran the ball too much. He probably got his defensive-minded uh, you know, thought process into the coordinators. He seemed to hire offensive coordinators that he was very friendly with, maybe not the best offensive coordinators that were available on the marketplace. And uh, so as a result, it was a nice building and good chemistry there, but they really weren't trying to push the pedal to the metal with regards to the offense and play calling and strategy and most efficient decision-making and helping their quarterbacks out a lot. And you do have to wonder how much was he involved in those personnel decisions? Yes, there was a GM and yes, he clearly got very frustrated in the draft on NFL network when he went up there and, and they traded AJ Brown and he, visibly showed his disgust for that but was he part of picking some of these drafting some of these quarterbacks or going after these defensive players it's impossible for me to say uh, i think he's a very good coach but if he goes there or anywhere he needs to get a really good offensive coordinator and let that guy kind of run the show separately from what he's trying to do on the defensive side I personally, because I've seen what he's able to do, is a more known commodity to me. I would lean in the direction of Rabel. I would say, hands off personnel, get a great personnel guy in there and let somebody else run the offense. And you can come back and coach for the New England Patriots. But maybe he goes there and he wants too much of that power. And in which case, it, it may not work out too well. So I'm not sure how it's going to go, but he's more of a known commodity than Dromeo is, in my opinion. Does he remind you at all of, of Rivera in the sense that Rivera was that guy in Charlotte and he won a, a bunch of games. And then when he went to Washington, he had one good season and two terrible seasons and it all caught up to him. Uh, and he didn't matter. Vrabel no, yeah, was really good at winning games. He shouldn't have won. Is he going to be the same thing up in new England, go up there and not win? I think Rivera was only good because he had Cam Newton. And Cam Newton was an NFL hack. Nobody could stop this guy. He's running for yards. He was scoring in the end zone. Like, Cam Newton was a freak show. And because of that, that's why Rivera was good. Rivera never made plus EV strategic decisions, never had a great offensive game plans or anything like that. I think... I think there's a lot more to work with uh, from Mike Vrabel. I think he's a lot more forward thinking than was Ron Rivera. He gets his teams prepared to win games they're supposed to lose. To me, he's very different because he's never had a quarterback like a Cam Newton at all. If he did, I mean, that would be a lot of fun to watch, but he just did not. All right, when we come back, we start hitting all of these wildcard games. Again, it's going to be fantastic. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Back on uh, Coast to Coast with Warren Sharp, and we're going to start talking about these wild card games now, Warren. And let's kick it off in the below in Buffalo on uh, Sunday at one o'clock. I just want to start with this game based on uh, what we're hearing about the weather there. We've already heard reports today of, you know, everything piles of snow, 25 mile an hour winds. Brutal temperatures, the whole deal. Does that level this game out at all for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because they were double-digit dogs going in there when they weren't uh, calling for these conditions. Uh, now people seem to think that all of a sudden with snow and wind, they're going to be able to run the ball and stay in the game. How do you feel about it? Well, first of all, let's back up one week where we were breaking down the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game last week. And what have I been saying for weeks about how you can run the football on the Baltimore Ravens? You can have success in doing so. And it's set up actually pretty well for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be able to run the ball. And sure enough, they were able to do that. They are going to struggle a little bit more to run the ball here in Buffalo than they did last week against the Baltimore Ravens. But they're going to need to run the ball here in Buffalo on account of the weather. So let's talk about the weather first and foremost and i want to take everybody back a second to the 2021 game i call it the wind tunnel game i don't know if it has an official name but it was the game on monday night football between the new england patriots and the buffalo bills the game was in buffalo and the wind speeds were ridiculous the gusts were ridiculous as we saw in pre-game as we saw the goalposts getting blown to the side and we saw people walking through the parking lot getting blown over and you know they were trying to make their way to the stadium in buffalo okay once that game started, though, I need to remind people about the actual wind speeds. I went back and looked at the wind speeds at the stadium for that game. At 8.15 at kickoff, 26 miles per hour with gusts of 36. And by the fourth quarter at the end of the game, 17 mile per hour with gusts of 30. Okay, so we are talking about... One was 26. By the time the game ended, it was 17. Gusts of like 30 to 36 miles per hour. I like to utilize an AI-generated forecast for wind. It does the best job. It's the most accurate uh, of any of the forecasting models that I like to refer on. I don't use it for precipitation or temperature, but as it relates to wind, I do. This current forecast, as I'm looking at it right now, for Sunday at 1 p.m. in Buffalo at Orchard Park, 28 mile per hour winds at kickoff at 1 p.m. Gusts of 53 miles per hour. By the time you get to 3 p.m., 25 mile per hour with gusts of 49. What we're saying is the winds are going to be worse at the beginning of this game and at the end of this game than they were for that wind tunnel game where the New England Patriots went in there and they won the game 14 to 10. Only 24 points were scored. Only two completions were thrown by Mac Jones in that win. People, uh, even Josh Allen, could not complete more than, I think, two passes beyond like six or seven yards down the field. That was better wind than they're forecasting for this game. So I personally, there is no bigger factor in handicapping games. If you take nothing else out of this entire show that will help you for the future, there is no bigger factor handicapping games, football games, than the wind. And this stadium in particular, the wind affects it more than many others. When they build their new stadium, they're they're building up uh, things around the perimeter of the field of the stadium that's going to block some of the wind. The wind right now 
is actually going to be problematic because it gets down in that bowl. It's a very low profile stadium, does not have right. high walls. It gets into that bowl and it gets onto the surface of the field very quickly. And we have seen, I went through historically, 14 plus mile per hour wins in Buffalo, 16, 18, 20, 24. I've right. looked at all the different um, options and we see games go under the total, even 16 plus mile per hour wins in Buffalo from Thanksgiving onward since 2008. There have been 10 such games. Nine of 10 have gone under the total and they've gone under and they're averaging only 32 points being scored. The bottom line is I did bet this game early i bet the under i got it at 41. however this total has dropped it's now down to like 36. okay i was looking to potentially come back and bet the over if this forecast improves a little bit but it hasn't improved it's gotten about the same if not worse than what they were expecting previously now i'm of the notion now that i've done this research this forecast has to approve a ton for me to look for a middle and be willing to bet this thing over because right now i see the steelers they're going to come out they're going to run the ball we've got some props in the future that's going to be talking about this game and things that i think might happen but i think we're going to see rushing attempts from josh allen and from james cook on the other side i think we're going to see rushing attempts from Najee harris because jalen warren fumbled the ball twice in bad weather in Baltimore last week in that game that saw a lot of rain. I think they're going to utilize Najee Harris a little bit more. They're probably also going to run the ball even if they are losing this game by a touchdown in the third quarter because I think passing is going to be hard to come by. I also took some unders on some of the passing props from Mason Rudolph because I think Mike Tomlin's going to come in with a defensive mindset here. We need to run the ball. So I looked at attempts under. I looked at passing yards under. Um, I just think this is one of those, you know, we rarely see wind games in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen much. There's dome teams that make the playoffs. There's teams from California, Florida that make the playoffs. It's rare that we actually see games played with this amount of wind. It's going to be fun to watch. They're also projecting some snow. It's going to be a unique experience. Everybody should be tuning in at 1 o'clock because unlike some games, this game's actually being televised on TV instead of a pay-per-view channel that you have to get to watch on uh, with the Chiefs. But I do think that you're going to find this game to be very entertaining and fun in a very unique way that you won't otherwise see in most playoff games. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully some of these bets and props on it and you remember um before they ruined it uh frankly soldier field was the windiest uh football stadium on earth when it was just soldier field before they turned it into a spaceship when i was a kid uh at a very young age i would go to soldier field with my dad and then i moved to pittsburgh and saw the steelers win all their super bowls but i have never sat in a place colder or windier in my life then Soldier Field, when it was coming right off of Lake Michigan, and they were playing on Sundays back in the days of Walter Payton, and uh, even you know before that with Butkus, whoever. I mean, it was it was so windy at that stadium. You couldn't kick a field goal. You couldn't throw a pass. And then they built it up. They built the big cascading ends to it and and wrapped it around. It looked like a spaceship, and they ruined it. Back in the day, that was an advantage for them playing in that uh, stadium. When teams went in there into that wind, they went there to die. All right, I want to ask you about um, this other game uh, that uh, we're lining them up right now per uh, you know, each game. So the Steelers and Bills is one o'clock. The Cleveland-Houston game is Saturday, I believe, at NRG in Houston yep. indoors. A lot of injuries today piling up. Ward, their kicker, uh, the Browns uh, suddenly falling apart before this game. Yeah, and we're seeing money come in on the Houston Texans. Uh, this line has been bet up from the Cleveland Browns because keep in mind, Cleveland went to Houston a few weeks ago and won that game handily. Now, they were not going up against C.J. Stroud in that game. C.J. Stroud was dealing with his concussion that he sustained against the Jets the prior week. So we saw one of the earlier games with Joe Flacco go in there, and basically he just targeted Amari Cooper over and over. And it's kind of one of those things where you, you, you see a wound. It hasn't scabbed up yet and you're just picking at that wound, picking at it over and over and over. It's easy pickings, and that's what Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper became in that game. You've got to believe that the Houston Texans are going to change up and 
get that out of the game. They're going to minimize the of impact that Amari Cooper could have. They're not going to allow him to go off for 273 yards. They were not able to make adjustments then. They've got to come up with a better game plan now, and D'Amico Ryan's will, in my opinion, to change that up. And then, like you said, there's a lot of injuries that are piling up here for the Cleveland Browns on both sides of the football here, uh, and that's part of the reason why this line is now dropping a little bit. And now it's as low as two points, that the Browns are only laying two points in Houston. Yeah, so uh, when we come back, any residual thoughts on Cleveland, Flacco against Stroud, and then we'll get into Warren's favorite props for this weekend. On Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Is a whole new jungle. This is the Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM. Oh, BetMGM's getting ready for the big game. 58, baby. Bet $5, get 158 instantly. Use the bonus code SG158. Place your first BetMGM wager through the mobile app for at least five bucks. You're going to get 158 instantly, uh, regardless of the outcome of the wager. Download the app on iOS or Android or BetMGM.com. Deposit at least five into your new account. Place a wager of at least five bucks. Once you've placed a bet, you're going to receive 158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Warren is already planning on jalapeno poppers for Saturday night's Dolphin Chief game that you can't watch on television. He instead is planning on a massive evening of indigestion and heartburn uh, in protest of the NFL and their pay-per-view policies now. It's time to look at Warren's favorite props for this weekend's games. Why don't we start with Mr. Flacco? I got something to tell you about that Kansas City TV game in a minute, but let's talk about these props. First and foremost, Joe Flacco, as we're talking about this Cleveland Browns-Houston Texans game, it's a good one to start with. The Cleveland Browns are going to have to come out here and they're going to have to pass the football, in my opinion, because they're going to struggle to run the ball. And this Houston Texans team is a major pass funnel defense. They're actually very good against the run, top five this year, but they're bottom five against the pass this year. And that's despite playing the NFL's number one easiest schedule of opposing quarterbacks. I want you to look at this list of quarterbacks that they have played other than Joe Flacco over their last five games. Gardner Minshew last week, Will Levis the week before that, then it was Flacco, Will Levis again, Zach Wilson, and Russell Wilson. I mean, we are seeing guys like the two Wilsons, plus two games of Will Levis, plus Gardner Minshew. This is not a real schedule of quarterbacks. This is just a made-up schedule of quarterbacks. There's no way an NFL team would be so lucky to have their defense go up against that schedule of quarterbacks. Now they're going to have to go up against Joe Flacco again. I think in many years, even earlier this year, we would laugh and say Joe Flacco belongs on that list as well. How, how are they? How can a team possibly have it so well that they're going up against all these quarterbacks? But the one thing is Joe Flacco did have success in that game. And because they can't stop the run, I think Joe Flacco is going to have to come out here and pass the ball 
I like his passing yards prop over 270 and a half. I think that's what it is up at MGM currently. Minus 115, as you can see, I think he's going to be passing the ball early and often. And there's a number of game states where this can hit. I think they're going to have to pass to win the game. Even if they're leading, they're going to have to keep passing the football when they have it because they're not going to be able to run. Their rushing attack is not good. Their running backs are banged up. If the game is close, they're going to be passing. And if they're behind, they're going to be passing even more. So in all three ways, this game could go, whether the Texans are up big or the, or the Browns are up by a little bit or the Browns are down by a little bit, I think they're going to be passing the ball. So I like Joe Flacco over his passing yards. All right. What about uh, James Cook? Yeah, so we talked about this Buffalo Bills team. I mentioned this earlier that I think he's going to be running the football. Ironically enough, you know, if you had placed the Buffalo Bills from 2020 or 2021 with Brian Dayball and his high-flying attack, you, you, you lifted that team up out of the 2020 season, brought them back to the future, dropped them off here in the 2023 season, they would probably actually struggle a little bit more than the current model of the Buffalo Bills will. And that's because... Back then, they couldn't run the ball very well. And anytime there was weather, this team would falter. Not that the weather is going to help them any, but they have a plan now of how to attack games like this with leaning into James Cook. They're a team that's able to run the football now. I think they're going to be utilizing that strategy. Cook has been going over this number in the prior games with great weather, with fine weather. They're a 10-point favorite, so from a game state perspective, whether they cover the 10 or they win by 3, they're probably in a situation where they're not going to be trailing by 14 so they're going to be in a positive game script they're going to be running the football and there's one main guy there that they're going to lean into early and often in my opinion and it's james cook i don't know that we're going to get a lot of explosive runs but actually for a prop like this which i'm betting i should go ahead and just tell you what the prop is over 14 and a half rushing attempts you can get that right now up at bet mgm i think it's still 14 and a half Maybe it's 15 and a half. No, it's 14 and a half minus 140 to the juice. I'm okay if it goes to 15 and a half as well with reduced juice. I think they're just going to be running it early and often with James Cook here. Um, I did take some stabs at Josh Allen rushing attempts over eight and a half. I bet that last week as well. And that cashed easily when I believe he had 14 or 15 himself. Um, so I think uh, James Cook is going to be running the ball with this weather, with the game script, um, and because they're going to need to. And that over 14 and a half, Sounds pretty good to me. And what about uh, no lot? Uh, that's really got to kill the Steelers not having that monster out there. Yeah, it does. It affects them a little bit more in the passing game, but it is going to be a factor. Um, I think it will help the Bills offense to some extent, not having on some of those dropbacks, him coming off the edge to pressure Josh Allen. And thus, I believe that they're going to have an easier time getting a lead, uh, which is enables more rushing attempts and the reason i said that i don't care if he doesn't get big explosive runs is because i'm not betting his rushing yards over we don't want him to have huge runs we don't want him to have one run for 80 yards from his own 20 and score a touchdown we want him to have six runs on that drive and then score the touchdown so we we don't want those big gashing runs we want good five six yard runs to keep the sticks moving and keep them inclined to continue to run i think they're going to be able to have that advantage in this game all right, let's go to uh, Jordan Love. So Jordan Love, obviously a little risk involved when you're talking about a young, inexperienced quarterback going on the road in the postseason, taking on a team that's been there, done that, though they have not had a lot of success. I believe Dak has yet to cover a single point spread at home in the playoffs. But I'm looking at Jordan Love's completions over. And I think Jordan Love is going to be called upon, both from a game state perspective as well as just what he's been doing of late, to go over this low number. Um, he's cleared this, I want to say, five of his last six games. This exact number of, I believe it's 21.5, if not 22.5. I'm not sure what the current number is up at MGM. They'll flash that up momentarily, perhaps. But I think that Jordan Love is going to be asked to pass the ball a lot in this game. And he's going to have success. It's 22 and a, 23 and a half minus 105. So it has moved up a couple of completions. At minus 105, I'd be willing to play it. I probably wouldn't be willing to lay minus 120 or something at 23 and a half, even though I think it has a good chance of going over that number. But at this reduced juice, I still think it's a good look. Um, when you look at what Jordan Love has done in this Green Bay Packers offense specifically, this team over the first nine weeks of the season was a – 
top three offense in terms of depth of target and percentage of passes that were thrown deeper down the field. They have since backed off to below league average. They're throwing shorter, quicker. They're getting the ball out of his hands a lot at a, at a much higher rate. And what they're doing with the injury to Christian Watson is they're just peppering these targets underneath. They're using Aaron Jones a little bit in the passing game out of the backfield, but they're throwing to some of their tight ends. They're throwing to some of their wide receivers. And it's a laundry list of wide receivers. They're so young and inexperienced that you don't know many of these names, like the names that are going to be potentially scoring touchdowns. These weren't household names. These weren't guys that people were drafting in fantasy football at the start of the season, but they're working the ball around and spreading it all over. There's not like a number one guy that they're throwing 12, 15 times to. They're just spreading the ball out, and Jordan Love is reading the defense pre-snap and just peppering it with quicker dropbacks, and this helps his completion numbers because the throws are shorter. They're easier to get these completions, and so the beginning of the season, this was a terrible prop to bet since they've changed their offense this has been a great prop to bet it continues to hit i'm going to ride it one more time as they travel into dallas so uh when the nfl isn't fixing games for the cowboys a la the lions game at jerry's world uh how do you think the cowboys are approaching yet another home game at jerry's world here against the packers and it's seven and a half I think there's definite upside for the Dallas Cowboys offense here as well. And it's mainly because I'm looking at this defense led by Joe Barry of the Green Bay Packers. And I think the last two weeks, yes, they've gotten some guys back, but I will note this, this breaking news, Jair Alexander did yeah. not practice today. So breaking news, Jair did not practice. But We've seen as the defense has gotten a little bit healthier for Joe Barry, this defense has looked a little bit better. But I urge a note of caution because they went up against two quarterbacks that really struggle to push the ball down the field, really struggle to get beyond their first read, really don't have very many options. And that is, uh, they went up against Jaron Hall, not an NFL quarterback, and Justin Fields. They were like 5-0 and against Fields. They knew exactly how to play him. Let me go back in history just a few weeks prior to that. Tommy DeVito of the number 32 ranked offense of the New York Giants went 17 of 21 in that game and the Giants put up 24 points. The next week, week 15, Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns and put up 34 points in 381 yards at 13.6 yards per pass attempt. And then the next week after that, week 16, Bryce Young of the number 30 ranked offense of the Carolina Panthers threw for over 300 yards, put up 30 points, and average 8.7 yards per attempt. I mean, I know you're a little bit better, but I do not think that this defense is going to be well positioned to give Dak problems. The only thing they're good at is getting a little bit of pressure. They do rank highly in pressure, but Dak Prescott has been the best quarterback in the NFL this year against pressure and at handling pressure. They have answers. The offensive staff has given him answers from a quick game as well as with his legs to deal with pressure. If that pressure comes, I think he's going to have answers there. I, I just think Dak Prescott also should be able to have a good game and if he does not shame on him shame on Mike McCarthy I will say I think it's going to be interesting to watch Mike McCarthy in this game Scott just to see how how tight that sphincter might get in certain situations oh. uh, when key decisions are there because he's got to win this game he wants to keep that job he's got to win this game does he continue to play fast and free and go for it on fourth down or does he settle for a lot of field goals and and make some minus EV decisions I can't wait to see yeah, I can't wait to see it either. A lot of people think that uh, his job is on the line with every single game. And it sounds to me like uh, you just uh, laid it out. The Packers can't stop any quarterback. How the hell are they going to stop Dak Prescott, who could care less about Mike McCarthy? They just want to win the game. I think Dak lights up the Packers' secondary. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Uh, back on C2C, just so we're clear, in the game that no one cares about in Paris, the Cavaliers are up nine with 34 seconds left. It is sold out in Paris. Here's an idea. Why didn't they bring Wembenyama back to France? Instead, they brought the Nets and Cavaliers. That's like having a fat girlfriend. I mean, honestly, like, what could be worse than that game? Honest to Christ. And, and sure enough, it is a bad game. Don't, don't be fooled. They were up 20 at the half. They were up 20 in the third. They just they quit trying. That's why it's a nine-point game right now. Believe me, the game was never close. All right, Warren, of course, if you're not on uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com, I hope you end up at a Nets game. And if you're not following Warren on X at Sharp Football, I hope that you get traded to any team in Cleveland and have to live there for the rest of your life. All right, Warren. Let's start with Miami and Kansas City and the fascist NFL with their pay-per-view game of the weekend that I have absolutely zero interest now in. I tried to see if my son wanted to go to a bar to watch it, and he said, yet. Well, I'm 100% convinced this was totally intentional. The NFL put this game here to get all the Swifties to tune in. I just had my niece ask me over the Christmas break. She said, I'm, I'm starting to get into football because I'm a big Swiftie and I want to know how how the Chiefs can improve. And so I'm talking to her a little bit and, you know, she's younger and she's definitely going to want to tune into this game. And now her poor parents have to go and buy Peacock. What a travesty <laughs> this is. Uh, but as it relates to the Dolphins, they, they're going to have to bundle up themselves and do something they don't like. And that's go play in this temperature that I'm seeing wind chills now could be sub 30 degrees below zero. I mean, we're talking about some things like if you're an NFL fan at all, you have to tune into some of these outdoor games. One's on uh, Sunday, this one as well, because we are going to see some games here that are historic in, in, in weather that we're going to be talking about, you know, years from now, decades from now, maybe with your own kids or just with other buddies about, hey, what were you doing? What was your bet on this game that was so cold? They couldn't do anything. I'm really looking forward to this game just from the weather perspective. A little bit of wind, not like Buffalo. I don't really think we're going to see much snow, but it's just going to be super, super cold and frigid. <laughs> I can't wait to see how the players attempt to react, especially those from Miami. But the one thing that you can do, the one hope that Miami has in this game, because I think it is going to impact their passing a little bit in Tua, and their defense is obviously ravaged with injuries. The one hope is that they can run the football here, and the game is close enough to allow them to run all four quarters. We saw when the Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Raiders on Christmas that this is a game the Raiders should have lost, but they got a couple of lucky bounces and an interception return those for touchdowns. But they were able to then win the game outright because they were having such success running the football, and they could run because the score allowed them to do so. And I think they ran for 6.5 yards per carry and 156 total yards on the road in Kansas City. The Dolphins have a better rushing attack than do the Raiders. So the Dolphins with a healthier offensive line, I know Mostert is banged up a little bit to be determined how much he's actually able to go. I'm going to be looking at the Achon props, props when those get released, whether it's longest rush over or total rushing yards. I think they're just going to have to lean on this guy, uh, and he's going to probably deliver. He's an explosive back, and that's the weakness. This Chiefs run defense ranks 28th, has struggled in that department. Uh, conversely, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much pressure we get out of this Vic Fangio-led Miami Dolphins defense on Patrick Mahomes. This season, when he's been pressured, he's averaging very low air yards per attempt, the lowest in the NFL. In fact, he's throwing it super short when he gets pressured. We're going to see whether or not all this ragtag group of Miami Dolphins, they're signing guys off the street to try to play. Vic Fangio's defense is not an easy defense to just come in, put on a hat, and play a role. It's a complicated defense that if you started doing it week one, you're going to be pretty good by week 
week 10 and you're going to be really good in the postseason. But that's not the case here with a lot of these guys that are substituting in and now having to play starting minutes for the Miami Dolphins defense. I'm worried about that unit on that side of the ball. And certainly a lot of the pro betters are as well, because this line has been steaming up consistently on a daily basis, it seems. Um, and now it's up as high as four and a half. And the money certainly is coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs, expecting them to be able to take advantage of a banged up Dolphins defense and a Miami Dolphins offense that, you know, Tyreek is banged up. And I can just tell you this, there's going to be a lot of guys on the Dolphins team that are going to be playing through injuries. You know, and I know, Scott, it's much harder to try to play through injuries in 30 degrees below freezing than it is in like 60, 70 degrees, right? Everything is stiff and tight. You got a tight hamstring. They try to play in minus 30 degrees. It's not going to go over very well. So, I mean, it's just brutal. Uh, so what is the game? Uh, I think it's the Giants and Packer game at Lambeau Field when the Giants beat them and went on to win the Super Bowl over the Patriots. I think that may have been, because you talk about uh, generations and decades later, you talk about these games with your grandchildren or your kids or whoever, your buddies. I think that may have been the coldest game I ever saw in my life on television where the Giants won that game in Green Bay, and every single person on the field had frozen snot on their face. And, I mean, they were literally – they were red. They had sunburn from the cold. They had, like, that frozen red face and snot sickles hanging from their nose and mouths and beards. It was unbelievable. Is that the coldest game? That's the coldest game I ever remember watching. Yeah, I used to watch the old NFL films that talked about the game that was played in Cincinnati on that horrible AstroTurf back in the day. That was a freezing cold game, but I only saw the highlights of that game. The game you're mentioning is certainly one of the coldest that I've seen. I also remember the Seattle Seahawks going to Lambeau to play in a very cold game in the postseason several years after that one. Uh, but there's been a few that like stand out to me. I know that game is seared into my mind, the image of Tom Coughlin with his like, right. face as red as beets his cheeks are just as red as beets um th this game here is going to be even colder than that i mean, this right. game mike mcdaniel is going to be on the sidelines with you know his fashionista uh top shelf sneakers and his 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 fashionable attire and and he's just i can't imagine how he's going to look uh with his face because he's not going to be used to it the, these players they're going to say we're going to ignore it they're going to there's going to be somebody no, out not. there in short sleeves during no, warm-up but i can tell you this like the frostbite look up frostbite look at what the temperature <laughs> need to be for frostbite to occur on exposed skin like for exposed skin for a certain amount of time frostbite will be potentially occurring uh these guys better be careful out there it is going to be on their mind and i think the chiefs need to use that to the home field advantage and then you also got the crowd noise let's not let's not take that out of the picture here if that crowd is actually there now they're not gonna be able to clap because their hands are going to be covered in an inch of mittens on both sides of their hands but they're going to be yelling and screaming and trying to hype up that team that's a hard place to play it's a hard place to do all these pre-snap motions to get the snap count right with Tua smacking his hands to get these snaps off uh, it's going to be a challenge for this Dolphins off offense in my opinion to function don't be surprised if we see some pre-snap penalties on that side of the ball that hurts their offense's ability to matriculate the ball down the field so do you think that the freezing cold I mean that's what it is it's literally Antarctica is going to end the Dolphins season uh, I, I think that in the health of their defense probably ends the Dolphins season. Um, this, this is, it's sad for me in a way. I mean, that's an overblown word. Like I'm not actually sad, but like I did wish to see a little bit more out of this Dolphins team, but they have just fallen apart down the stretch here. I was always of the expectation that the defense was going to turn the corner in time for the playoffs as these guys got the system of Vic Fangio down a little bit better and then we we're going to see a run out of this offense but instead we've got Waddle who's going to play in this game probably not at 100% but he's going to give it a go but like on the defensive side of the ball there's just there's just so many injuries there and I know the Chiefs offense has not been playing very well and there's always a chance that the Chiefs make some mistakes of their own they're not immune to that which is why I love this 
this round of the playoffs because even the best teams like the Bills, like the Chiefs, some of these teams that are laying a lot of points, like Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys, these teams are all known for making mistakes. They've made mistakes down the stretch here. None of them are elite teams right now, and the weather in a couple of these outdoor games can be a factor that makes the game a little bit tighter on both sides. But in the case of the Chiefs, it's just the defensive health of the Dolphins that I think is potentially going to be the deciding factor here. So uh, speaking of uh, big games, the Rams and uh, Lions hook up indoors, Ford Field, Detroit. I was on uh, the radio there today and I was talking about this game and I said, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, that Stafford's going back there with a hot Rams offense that scores 30 a week. They didn't even try to win that game last week in uh, Santa Clara, and they still won. I mean, they are winning even when they're not trying to win. They've been playing great football for, I think, about eight weeks now. And, you know, it got McVay into the playoffs. A lot of people talking about him being coach of the year for the job he did with this young team. Do you like their chances with Stafford against the Lions at Ford Field? I do. This is one of the toughest games for me to handicap, I'll be honest, because it's it's a challenge. I'm not sure what I'm going to get from a couple of key factors. Number one, how is this Lions offense going to look with the injuries? You know, Sam Laporta is a definite injury. They also lost their kick returner and one of their receivers in the last game due to injuries. Are they going to get Khalif Raymond to be able to play in this game? I don't know. And so for those reasons, there's question marks for the Detroit Lions offense. They're going to need that offense to have some success here because of the second reason that's a big X factor in this game. And that is with all the years that Sean McVay has had, I do think this angle is overblown a little bit, thinking it's going to impact the game from start to finish every single play that the Lions uh, offense is out on the field. But Jared Goff and Sean McVay, obviously intimately familiar with one another. There were specific things for sure, given Sean McVay's photographic memory, he's going back into his databases and recalling, Things that where a defense played a certain coverage or he tried to use a certain formation where the defense had an advantage there and took took the, an interception away from Goff when he was coaching him on the Rams. And he said, I'm not calling these plays again because Goff can't handle it. Or damn it, if they get into this type of coverage again, we're going to be well, let's audible out of it because he's at we he's weak here. I would expect some of those recalls to be given to his defensive coordinator and they utilize those against Jared Goff. But if Jared Goff is not restricted by the personnel and not having Sam Laporta or the coaches on the other side of the football field, they are going to have their share of success offensively as well here, Scott, because this Rams team, we talked about it last week. We talked about it when we bet the over when the Rams played the New York Giants. They're the most susceptible defense in the NFL right now since week 10 to play action. They literally rank number one when you don't use play action and dead last when you do use play action. And the Lions use an above average rate. They need to incorporate even more play action into this game to give them a little bit more success I think the play action pay attention to that that could be a key factor here but when the Rams do have the ball as long as they can keep Matthew Stafford upright and as long as they don't find themselves in obvious passing situations because the pass rush of the Lions is going to cause them problems from time to time and sack Matthew Stafford to give him some headaches they should have success. My only worry is that Sean McVay runs the ball a little bit too much and the Lions' great run defense stops those runs and sets the Lions, sets the Rams' offense up into third and long, obvious passing situations. If they can avoid those, however, they will definitely be able to move the ball and put up some points against this Lions' defense, particularly through the air. I think Matthew Stafford's going to go over his 22.5 passing attempts here. I think this game could be a very fun, entertaining game. It's just hard on a plus three point spread to, to really for me to find a definitive edge. Yeah. And Laporta is saying today that he's getting better by the day with his knee and he thinks he'll be able to go against the Rams. We'll see. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, back on C to C with Warren Sharp. I don't think we've ever seen this before unless I'm tripping. Uh, you got a Monday night wild card game on ABC at 8 o'clock in primetime. Philly and Tampa down at Raymond James. It's going to rain all night, allegedly, but it's not going to be anything more than that. No high winds or anything. But the Eagles, Warren, have melted in the last six weeks to the point where I said earlier on the show that Sirianni's not turning white. He's turning gray. I mean, the guy looks sick uh, from the abuse he's taking in Philly, in the media and fans, and uh, they've given up on this football team, everyone in Philadelphia, and they're blaming him. Well, there's a lot of blame to go around. For this game, there's going to be a lot of blame that could potentially also be thrown on the health of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts has some sort of issue with his middle finger and he's going to play. He's Is he going to wear a brace? I think he's going to wear a splinters, a brace or something like that. But think about how this injury, similar injuries have impacted quarterbacks in the past when like Russell Wilson was playing with something like this or even Justin Herbert playing with something like this on his non-throwing hand affected him. So I am worried in the rain and the moisture there, even just taking snaps from center, handing the ball off to running backs, those types of exchanges. How smooth is that operation going to be? Can he throw the ball down the field? Who is he going to be throwing it to? We know that A.J. Brown did not practice today. Uh, we, I, th- I think Devonta Smith did get into full practice today, but he's not going to be at 100% for this game. And the Bucks know it, and the Bucks are going to send pressure. They blitzed J- uh, Jalen Hurts on 58% of his dropbacks last time that they played earlier this season. They're going to be sending a ton of blitzes in this game as well. Hertz has massive splits when he's blitzed versus not blitzed. Uh, those blitzes have been getting to him. I think it's going to cause even more problems with these type of weather situations. They're going to have to just have to lean on their run game and hope that that can carry them because it's going to be hard to move the ball through the air in the rain with Hertz's finger and those wide receiver injuries. Can you imagine if they go down uh, to the Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa and their season ends there? I mean, they will never uh, see the light of day. Warren, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.